as we get started this morning. Please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1 as we continue the Searching for Christmas series, and we're in week two. I hope you've been making time to look into the story of Christmas this year, this month, with each day, with each week, especially with your families, with your kids. But don't let it stop there. As you search for Christmas, let's take it to the world. Let's take it to your neighbors. Let's take it to your friends. What an easy time of year we have to be able to take the story of Christmas, the real Christmas, to the world. I challenge you, go to a neighbor, go to a coworker, go to a friend, somebody who you haven't read the Bible with before and just ask, hey, would you read each day with me or each week with me just the stories of Christmas? Let's keep Christ in Christmas. Let's get Christ back to where he should be because I truly believe the birth of Christ at one time was held in the highest esteem. It was the celebration of the season, but now far too often we celebrate the season because we just can't wait to decorate the Christmas tree, to put up the tree. We can't wait to turn on that radio station to the Christmas songs. We can't wait to buy gifts and to hand out gifts and all these things we look forward to because it feels great. But do we really look forward to celebrating the birth of Christ? What do we look forward to most? We need to keep Christ in Christmas. Today we're going to be looking to one of the characters of the Christmas story. One of the characters that God used in the story of Christmas. An unlikely character. You see, God uses unlikely characters in the Christmas story. And he continues to use unlikely people today, too. God wants to use you. We're going to be looking to Christmas characters, characters in the Christmas story each week still. But as we look to these characters, I want you to see something. I want you to see, first of all, yes, these were unlikely characters. They might not be who you would expect the God of all creation to use. But I want you all to see that we're not showing the light that they bring to the story. We're showing how they illuminate or they show the light of Christ. We're going to show how these people brought attention to the most important character in the story, and that's Christ. That's Jesus. They shone a light, Christ's light, on him. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the one who would change the world. And this is who these people lived for. Who do we live for? Before we get into today's message, just a quick message about these candles. You see... It looks like, Jessica, these candles are working much better this week. Last week I was kind of scared because these candles are supposed to be 15-hour candles. And after preaching two messages, the candles were already down to just a little nub. So last week we, we lit the candle of hope. When we were talking about hope, I kind of joked and I said, maybe some of you were preaching, were praying for the hope that pastor's sermon would be done fast. So the candle went really fast because the candle was acting like my timer. And I knew, uh-oh, that candle is about to set the table on fire, so I better wrap it up. So I'm going to say this. If this table catches on fire, somebody tell me I've been preaching too long. But <laughs> last week, we were talking about hope. We lit the Advent candles, and the Advent season focuses on the great expectation and anticipation of Christ's birth. The church during Advent looks back to the celebration of Christ's coming. But we also look forward as we get to celebrate that Christ will come again. We're never alone in this world because Christ has come. 
and he will come again. This should bring us great hope of something to look backwards to, but also something to look forward to. But I find it greatly ironic or kind of funny that today we lit the candle of peace. Now, Liam Mona did a great job of talking about what that peace candle means, but at the same time, we're reading the stories of Christmas. We're looking into the stories of Christmas, and we're talking about peace. And as you look to these stories, especially today as we look to Matthew chapter 1, I think what you see is there's a lot of chaos, or at least from our perspective. Everything was planned. This is exactly how God wanted it to go down Christ and God fulfilled every prophecy that was ever predicted, ever prophesied. But to us, can you imagine a young virgin pregnancy, a long journey while pregnant, a stable, a manger, angelic visits? This is peace? I don't know about you, but if an angel appeared in in a dream to me, It might not instill peace. It might instill some kind of wonder, some excitement, some craziness. Maybe it instills a little chaos as it makes you think about your life. I don't know about you, but as I think about this young pregnancy, I think about the many questions which comes up in this couple's lives of this interruption. But this is a candle of peace. As we see that peace may not have come in the way that they thought they needed it, But peace did come into the world. This peace would bring redemption to the world. It would bring peace to the world. It's amazing. And here's, I'm not into my message yet, but here's the intro to my message. You see, it's amazing that peace may come out of the craziest of times. Peace may come out of the craziest of times. Peace may come during the worst of times, the loss of a job financial troubles, marriage or family troubles, the loss of a loved one, testing and treatment for an injury, an illness, a disease, cancer, news of cancer, all these things you can have peace through, but only by Christ. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts, your minds, through Christ Jesus. And Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. When we think of peace in troubled times, we need to remember Jesus. But we need to remember that Jesus doesn't just bring us peace during our temporary troubles. Through Jesus, we have peace in our very souls and redemption for an everlasting future with God. I think that pretty much sums up the sermon. We can be done now, right? No, that enters us into Matthew. So let's look to Matthew. And I'm sorry, I wrote the wrong book up there. It's actually Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. And again, we're going to be talking about Joseph today. And we're going to see God uses unlikely characters in the story of Christmas. And he continues to use unlikely people today, too. So please follow along with me as I read. Matthew 1, 18-25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, 
resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I pushed the wrong button there. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel, as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Jesus. Again, today we're looking to the life and legacy of a righteous man. And that man's name is Joseph. You see, Joseph was a very unlikely character, but he was righteous and just. Joseph would be used in God's story of redemption. Joseph is often a forgotten character of Christmas. I truly believe so. I think we talk about Mary a lot. We think of when we talk about the angels. We think of when we talk about the shepherds. We think of when we talk about even the donkey. But how often do we talk about Joseph? And some of this is only natural because there's not that much about Joseph. I mean, think about it. Even though we know very little about Mary as well, there's not a lot of scripture about Mary. Mary is often talked about. She sang about. She even has her own top hit song, Mary Did You Know. People don't just sing about Mary and contemplate Mary, but Mary also has her own words spoken in Scripture of Mary praising God for the news that she had and of God using her as a servant. But what do we have about Joseph? If you think about it, and I came across this thought this week, Joseph does not even have any direct words in Scripture. Look it up later. Joseph does not have any direct statements or words out of his mouth in Scripture, but what we do see are actions. And as the saying goes, sometimes actions speak louder than words. You see, we know very little about Joseph. Let me tell you a couple of things. We know that Joseph's father's name was Jacob from Matthew 1.16. We know that he was a craftsman, a construction worker, and most likely a carpenter. Matthew 13, 55. We know that he was like a foster father, an adoptive father who cared for Jesus and had to look for Jesus at one point. But we don't know much more. But let me tell you what we do know and we can see. Joseph's circumstances would display his righteousness. Joseph had a near impossible situation spoke of here in Matthew. Mary and Joseph were betrothed. Scripture tells us that Mary and Joseph were betrothed or what many today would probably consider or think of as engaged. They were engaged. They were, they were binded together to be married for all of their future. But there's something a little different about betrothal. betrothal. Yeah, I have a hard time with that word. Engagement back then was different than today. You see, back then, by Jewish custom, being betrothed was a very serious matter. And although the marriage may not have been made official yet, it was seen as a legally binding agreement. 
legally it was looked upon as if they were already married, even though they were not officially in that marriage stage yet. A betrothal was an absolute binding agreement so much that in order for them to get out of this agreement, Joseph is told he was thinking about or he was planning on silently divorcing her. And some people think, well, why would they need to do that if they were not yet married? But that's because engagement was different. The betrothal, betrothal, being betrothed, would often last one year, during which time the couple would spend a lot of time apart. So back to the scripture today. Knowing a little bit about this history, let's read this again. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Now, here's where we get to the juicy stuff. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her, her, her husband, I'm sorry, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. What I want to focus on for just a moment, what it really hit me this week, is this. Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child. Now, some translations say that Joseph had discovered she was with child. Now, I don't know exactly how this went down. None of us know exactly how this went down. We don't know exactly how did Joseph discover this. Did Mary come to her and tell him, I've just had this visit by an angel um, telling me that I'm, I've, con I've conceived by the Holy Spirit, I'm pregnant, I'm with child. Did he find out some other way? Did... Did he see a little baby bump and be like, oh, wow, where'd that come from? We don't really know exactly how it went down, but I can tell you this. I can only imagine some of the questions, some of the conversations that this couple was having at this point in time. Put yourself in this couple's shoes. They have not yet been together, not yet officially married, not yet living together. They have most likely been spending time apart as part of this, this time frame. And yet their plans are being interrupted by a pregnancy. How does this happen? Why does this happen? What happened? A pregnancy that he would find out later to be of the Holy Spirit. Now let me tell you, this type of an interruption in your life is huge. It's not just huge though, as we know from God's word, it's also divine. Which brings me to my first thing for you to note, for you to think through. Life interruptions may be divinely planned. How will you respond? How will you respond? I can think of a few emotions that might have been going on in their minds, how they might have been responding. They might have been responding with confusion, with worry. Just to name a couple, Joseph specifically, who we're talking about, he might have been frantically trying to decide, what is he going to do? We haven't gotten to the part of the angel yet. We haven't gotten to the part of the angel giving him instructions. All we know now is she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now we, we, we start moving on. And for obvious reasons, this would be extremely shocking news. I mean, first of all, how does this happen? But second of all, literally nobody has ever been pregnant with with a child who would become savior of the world. So what would Joseph do? Joseph had options. Let's talk about that. The legal prescription for adultery was stoning. Stoning and shame. 
Now we read here that Joseph is a just man. In some, tra- in some other verses, translations, we read Joseph was a just or righteous man. He was righteous as he wanted to do what was right according to the Mosaic law, but he also wanted to be merciful and just. He wanted to do what was right by Mary. He wanted to be merciful and he, wanted, he was going to do uh, he was going to divorce her in the most selfless and compassionate way, silently. He was just as he was a believer and would follow God's instruction in his will above all else. He would not care about what other people would think, what other people would say, what other people would do. Joseph looked not to his own feelings or reputation, but to the mercy and love that he wanted to give to Mary. Can you imagine how hard this would be? But we don't see one bit of evidence anywhere that Joseph was upset. We don't see one evidence, one verse anywhere saying Joseph was greatly angered. Joseph was greatly frustrated. These are our own thoughts that we want to put into this. All we see is that Joseph, her husband, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. He loved her so much, so greatly, that he planned to put her away quietly. By every right, Joseph could have shamed Mary. He could have hurt Mary both emotionally and physically, even to the point of death. But he chose a righteous and just response to a hard situation. Do we choose God-honoring righteous responses when placed in our own hard circumstances? Or do we choose what the world would want us to do, what they would expect? Do we choose our emotions to take control of our lives instead of godly purposes, godly righteousness. Now next comes the second part. Let's read on. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Here's another point I want to focus on. As he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. You see, I think God loves to speak to us in our silence. But we sin so much and we struggle so much with staying, living, staying in the right direction, living righteous lives according to God's ways, because too often we fill every bit of our lives with noise. We fill every bit of our lives with activities and with plans. We need some silence, some quiet time with God. Here you see that God spoke to Joseph in a dream. And part of me wonders if it's because Joseph was so busy, he's so filled with emotions trying to think, what's he going to do? As he considered these things, maybe he was not paying enough attention to God. So maybe God put him to sleep so that he could speak to him in his dream with this angel and make him consider God's divine plan. 
Maybe we need to make more silent time in our lives to listen to what God wants us to do. I don't even need to say maybe. I know we need to. But here's something else. Too many people want to say, God came to me in a dream, and he told me to do this. He told me to do that. We need to make sure that whatever we feel God is telling us to do actually lines up with Scripture and lines up with God's character. Because God's character is not going to change. God's word is not going to change. God's not going to try and tell us to do something that goes against his scripture, that goes against his character. But it does bring me to a question here. If God came to you in a dream and gave you a plan for your life that was different than your own, would you follow it? Joseph said yes to God's plan. Joseph said yes to God's plan. He obeyed God's instructions. He didn't divorce her, as he was thinking of doing. He didn't give any punishment to Mary, as he could have righteously, legally done, according to Mosaic law. I can only imagine Joseph's astonishment, his excitement, as he was probably freaking out. What is going on with Mary? And now this angel comes before him, and now he has proof. This baby Jesus is of divine intent, of godly intent, of godly plans. This baby Jesus is of God, of the Holy Spirit. His, his wife Mary has not been unfaithful. In fact, his wife Mary has been very faithful to God's will. Joseph would also be faithful. Joseph would be righteous. Joseph would be just. And what we see is Joseph didn't just obey God, but Joseph obeyed God immediately. Joseph didn't care about any effects on his life. And think about it, just Joseph could have had great repercussions about this because people would notice she was pregnant. People would notice that she wasn't married yet. People would notice. It could affect his life, his reputation, his business as a carpenter. And this wouldn't be the first time because the angel would appear to Joseph again and again. And later on, Joseph's life would be flipped upside down as maybe he was just starting to get his business off the ground, his reputation lined up. And then the angel would appear before him again and say, Joseph, get up and take the child and take Mary and, and go. Because they need to be protected. And look, even then, Joseph was faithful. Joseph got up and he obeyed immediately. He left everything that he had established. But he obeyed God immediately each time. Joseph would give the baby the name Jesus as instructed. And Jesus would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Here's some reflection points for you. Joseph was an ordinary man willing to be used by an extraordinary God. God calls ordinary people like you and like me to be used in his extraordinary story. But are we willing to step into his story? Or are we too busy writing our own stories and then getting upset when our when our pages get torn, when our pages get coffee spilled on it when, it, when our story isn't going as what we were planning. We need to say yes to God. You see, I say Joseph was an unlikely character. We don't know much about him. But here's the thing. He's only unlikely in our eyes. Joseph was planned in God's eyes. Joseph was exactly who God needed or who God wanted. And God wants you, too. Even in his difficult situation, Joseph displayed a righteous character. 
Here's a reflection. Do you display a godly, just, righteous character when in your difficult circumstances? Does your Christian character set you apart from the world while in these troubles? Do you find your peace in Christ and allow Him to use you no matter what the circumstance is? Moving on, Joseph obeyed immediately. God has given us a great blessing in the Bible. We have His instructions for righteous living. But we don't obey immediately as Joseph did, do we? We often try and argue with God. We try and write our own story. It's not what we're commanded to do. That's not what we're called to do. That's not what's best for our lives, and that's not what's according to God's plan. We need to live according to God's story. Joseph would parent this child and teach him the ways of the Lord as he grew up, just as we're all commanded to do with our children. And we don't know what happened to Joseph after Jesus visited the temple at age 12, but there's no more mention of him. But what we do see is his actions of righteousness and faithfulness in the Bible. Joseph left a legacy of righteousness and faithfulness. He was a just man. We too can have a legacy of faithfulness and righteousness, but we must say yes to God. We must say yes to God. Are you willing to obey? Are you willing to be used by God? Before we close, I want to get back to focusing on Christ. Luke, I'm sorry, Matthew 1.23 says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. First of all, let me point out, Joseph by the angel was commanded to call Jesus' name Jesus. Joseph wasn't told to call his name Emmanuel. But what it says is, they shall call his name Emmanuel. We call Jesus Emmanuel all the time. We say God is with us and we're never alone. But are we living according to his righteous ways? Because I truly believe that we want to see us as being with God. We want to see us as having God's help. But God cannot and will not bless you in your sin. You must repent and follow his plan, his story. We say God's with us, but then we want to argue or yell when we don't feel God with us. But then when we look at our lives, are we even living like if we want God in our lives? God wants to be with you. But we need to say yes to God. God uses unlikely carries and characters in the story of Christmas and continues to use unlikely people today too. God wants to use you. But to be used, you need to be living righteous, just lives according to God's story. You need to say yes to being obedient immediately, just like Joseph. What legacy are you living? What legacy are you leaving? Other people of the world, they're searching for Christmas too. Are you showing them what Christmas is about? Are you showing them Christ in Christmas? Show it to them today. Let's close and pray before that candle burns out. Please bow your heads. Lord, we thank you for this great day which we have to look to your word. And too often we see silent time with you as maybe an inconvenience in our life as we have so many things scheduled or so many things things in our life taking control of our schedules. Lord, we pray that we can see your word in reading this Christmas story 
as a great blessing, which is exactly what it is. It's such a blessing to have your word. We thank you for this picture that we have of the character of Joseph and how he was a righteous and just man, not because of anything that he had upon himself, but because he was righteous when he considered something beyond himself. He considered Mary. He was merciful to her, and he obeyed your word. He obeyed your message immediately. May we live righteous, just, godly lives as we look to your word and try and live according to your story. May we stop writing our own and allow you to write our story instead, and may we be the unlikely characters that you use. Thank you for using unlikely characters for an extraordinary story. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen.